Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I got in trouble again. We'll talk about that tonight. We'll talk about the Ministry of Truth and all the lies. We're going to talk to Governor Scott Walker, Kira Davis, Josh Hammer. We're going to have a blast tonight on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It's time to talk about the system. I got in trouble. Again. I know, I know, I know you're shocked that I would get in trouble again, but I got in trouble again, so I have to address something right off the bat before we get into all this ministry of truth stuff. We here at The First, we have our videos everywhere you can imagine. We have a great app. We have our videos on Rumble. We have our videos on YouTube. You may have difficulty seeing some of those videos on YouTube because we got another one-week suspension, and it was my fault. Now, what did I do? What did I do that was so beyond the pale? I mean, you should see the things you can watch on YouTube, but what did I do? I simply played some videos and interviewed somebody 
pointing out the video evidence, video evidence of election fraud in 2020. That was apparently so beyond the pale for some of the communists who work at YouTube, they thought they should go ahead and suspend us again. Well, I think I need to clarify something here. I want to make sure I let everybody know how sorry I am. How sorry am I? I'm so sorry I did that, that we're going to play the entire clip that got it suspended for you in its entirety again right now. There's something called Voter GA in Fulton County. Here's just a little video. So there are 17,000 votes in the Fulton County certified results right now that for which we have no ballot images to support those votes. So the question is, why are they there? And how did they get there? The impact of this alone means that there are 13,303 extra Biden votes and 4,279 extra Trump votes that cannot be substantiated. All 374,128 in-person ballot images from the 524,000 that, that um, Fulton uh, certified, they're all missing. There were 524,000 votes cast in Fulton County. Only 16,000 of them can be authenticated. Okay, Liz, that doesn't sound good. Still mad about that, YouTube? Screw you, because that's real. And if we're in a country where elections aren't fair or where votes don't matter, we are on a path that leads to really, really ugly things. So we're going to keep talking about election integrity until the elections actually have integrity again. Also, should be noted, might as well go ahead and give a little shout out to the first and the bosses at the first. I found out through text message that I had gotten us suspended again. You know, it's not a small thing. I got the whole network suspended off of YouTube. And I texted the boss and said, hey, man, my bad. And you know what he said to me? Verbatim. You know what he said to me? Tell you right here. He said, beep them. I'm going to go. It's a family show. Beep them. Starts with an F. You do you. That's an awesome network. It's awesome to be able to come on here and speak plain truths. And I don't have bosses breathing down my neck saying, don't say this. Don't ever say this. Say that. I think that's wonderful. Look, that's why I tell you to go support this network. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support if you actually value free speech. How many networks out there, even right-wing networks, how many networks out there would allow me to come on every single night and say the things I say to you here on I'm Right? We're never held back. When I work with my producer, Matt, every single day, and we're coming up with the show, we never, ever have to have a conversation of, oh, do you think the first will let us play that? It's never happened. It's wonderful, and I appreciate it. Now, why do we bring all this up? Because we are entering a different era, a different era than you've experienced or I've experienced before. A lot of this is going to, I mean, a lot of this is going to get worse now that we have a ministry of truth in this country. We're entering an era of lies. And this is not unusual for people in general. It's just unusual for America, the land of the free. 
You see, for most of our country's history, certainly since the early 1900s, we've mocked the other communist countries, namely the Soviet Union. We've mocked their government controls. We've mocked the fact that governments tell people what they're allowed to think, what they're allowed to say, what they're not allowed to say. That's become something that, that was always a punchline for Americans, mocking other people. Now, we have a Ministry of Truth under the DHS. In response to the right gaining more and more power and exposing everything from dirty teachers to dirty Disney, exposing the dirty Joe Biden family, constantly exposing the truth, the response to that from the system was revealing. The system didn't look around and say, oh, well, they know, guys. Hey, maybe we should get some reforms done. The system looked around at all these uncomfortable truths being revealed and the system said, we need to stop them from speaking. This rotten little rat DHS Secretary Mayorkas went on TV this weekend and actually attempted to defend the Ministry of Truth. I believe that this working group that gathers together, gathers together best practices, makes sure that our, our work is uh, coordinated, consistent with those best practices, that we're safeguarding the right of free speech, that we're safeguarding civil liberties, I think is an extraordinarily important endeavor. Why do we need a new government agency to safeguard free speech? That doesn't seem to make any sense, right? Well, we all know what the game is here. We all know they're going to lie about it the same way they lied so much about COVID. Remember, it's always going to be for the public good, the common good, the public health. Hey, well, we have to step in and monitor what you say. Otherwise, the public might be in danger. We're, we're actually protecting your freedom. That's what they'll sell all their tyranny as. And we know exactly how serious they are about defending freedom of speech because of this Nina Jankowicz, Jankowicz, this hag who actually is in charge of the Ministry of Truth. You see, she has videos all over the internet of her trashing everything on the right, spreading misinformation about everything, including Hunter Biden's laptop. I'm not talking about right versus left. I'm talking about this woman is all over the internet spreading what we now know are easily verifiable lies all over the place. Mayorkas is asked about the fact uh, you just you just appointed a communist hag? What? And he says she's going to be neutral. Do you think the person you chose to head of it uh, expressed too much politics on their Twitter feed and it's caused some consternation? Uh, eminently qualified individual, uh, a recognized expert on uh, battling the threat of disinformation that um, presents a threat to the security of our homeland from Russia, from China, from Iran, from the cartels. Disinformation. She's been battling it, haven't you heard? She's battling that disinformation. Here's 52 seconds of this woman battling disinformation. As somebody who studies disinformation, yesterday was really tough. 
I kept thinking about how in October I testified before the House Intelligence Committee and I told them that disinformation was dismantling democracy, but I was challenged to provide examples of how that was happening. I talked about how Gretchen Whitmer was nearly kidnapped because of disinformation and incitement to violence online, and I talked about the suppression of black voters, and I talked about how malign actors like Russia are using disinformation to tear us apart and polarize our society even further. But yesterday's violence in the US Capitol is the starkest example yet that disinformation is not just dank memes or silly TikTok videos. It actually has real life effects, not only on the functioning of our republic, but on public safety. So please take some care before you share. Public safety, get used to that word. You're gonna be hearing a lot of it. And look, let's, let's not make the mistake of saying this woman isn't qualified. She's extremely qualified to do what they want her to do. That's censor you, monitor you. And remember, it doesn't start out with jackbooted thugs in uniform knocking on your door saying, I saw that Facebook post, Tina. Turn around, put your hands on the wall, you're coming with us. It starts out with government agencies like this intimidating you. Maybe they don't show up at your door. Maybe they make a phone call. Maybe they send you a letter. FBI just wanted you to know we were aware of this Facebook post. We're monitoring the situation. Just enough to silence enough people. And speaking of the FBI, I'm glad we brought this up. You see, we have a lot bigger fish to fry than just the DHS. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, uh, they did that whole plot to kidnap the governor. We know because the trial is, well, basically gone now as everything continues to get dismissed as they find out the FBI planned, coordinated, and funded the entire thing. And then everybody told you there was some right-wing plot when really it was an FBI plot. And now we know something else. Since Joe Biden took over, the FBI has doubled the number of warrantless searches on Americans. That's right. They're out there collecting the data of 3.4 million people. And what was their justification for it? Of course, they were asked. I mean, that's a horrific number. People woke up and saw that news and thought, whoa. So what'd they say? No, it's no problem. We're just going after the Russia, Russians. It's that Russian hacking. Russian, and, Russian influence. That's what they're after. It's no big deal. Look, we just warrantlessly tapped your information and collected your data. We have to make sure you're not one of those Russians. Now, let me ask you. Have you heard any accusations about... Russian assets, Russian infiltration, Russian operations over the past few years. Of course you have. Do you understand what's happening? The communists in this country have decided that anybody who opposes them is a Russian agent of some kind, and now the FBI's out there focusing on Russian things. Are you starting to understand the game? They're going to classify you as an enemy of the state the same way communists have always classified their political opponents as enemies of the state. And they do that so that gives them the power to use the, the weapons of the state against you. I mean, thankfully, many Americans are waking up. We now know 47% of Americans don't trust the FBI. That number should be 100, but let's be frank. Half this country knows the FBI is their enforcement arm now and the FBI is on this side, and it's not your half of the country, I promise you that. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right.
We got Josh Hammer joining us next to talk some about that. Now let's talk something else. Let's talk about your values and let's talk about inflation. You see, I know you're going to the grocery store and you're sticker shocked to say the least with meat prices right now. Gosh, I priced a beef tenderloin this weekend. I about fell over. You don't have to be anymore. Good ranchers, one, they believe in your values. They believe in America, American beef, American chicken, American seafood. It's an American company that's your values. And they let you lock in your meat prices. When you go sign up for Good Ranchers, your meat prices will be locked in and they will not be increased no matter how bad it gets out there. Sound good? Oh, and did I mention they're pre-marinated chickens? Oh, you have to try them. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Jesse. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Jesse. And if I may suggest, try the Wagyu burger. GoodRanchers.com slash Jesse gets you a nice discount. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Before we bring in my friend, Newsweek editor Josh Hammer, also the host of The Josh Hammer Show, I I have to tell you, the response to Elon Musk buying a social media platform It's so revealing, is it not? Why would it be dangerous for somebody to simply say everyone gets a voice? Listen to this psychopathic response from CNN this weekend. Musk is the same. Musk doesn't want it. You know, he's upset with the SEC, tried to, how dare they question him? You know what I'm saying? This is dangerous. We can't think anymore in this country. We don't have people, (laughs) no, I'm serious. We don't have people in Congress who can make regulations that can make it work. I think we can look to the Western countries in Europe for how they are trying to limit it. But you need, you need controls on this. You need regulation. You cannot let these guys control discourse in this country or we are headed to hell. We are there. Trump opened the gate to hell and now they're chasing us down. Seems like quite a response to free speech. Josh? Why are these people so upset about a South African billionaire buying a social media platform and simply saying, hey, anyone can, anyone can talk? Jesse, why is the left so upset that an African-American has just acquired a massive <laughs> influential business? Am I right? Um, look, I mean, listening to like these, these shrieks and the gnashing of the teeth and the howls of hysteria. First of all, that clip that we just heard right now, He's, he's there talking about how horrible it would be for someone to control the town square, the public square, with a thumb on the scale. 
was he alive during the reign of Twitter that was overseen by the co-founder and former CEO, Jack Dorsey? I mean, what does he think Jack Dorsey was doing? That's the same Jack Dorsey who personally donated $10 million to fund a center at Boston University named after Ibram X. Kendi. You don't think Jack Dorsey had a thumb on the scale? Do you think Jack Dorsey was securing free speech? But like you said, Jesse, the whole thing is telling. The left for decades and decades has been so scared of the idea of just kind of an unregulated free-for-all in this exchange of ideas in the town square because they know at the end of the day that their ideas are unpopular as they look down the barrel of the gun of the polling for this fall's midterm elections whether it's inflation immigration the whole thing they know how unpopular their ideas are so they're scared and you know they they now literally say max booth the former republican now leftist hack of the washington post max booth literally said in a tweet recently the way you have to preserve democracy these days is by cracking down on free speech. I mean, look, we use the word Orwellian a lot. We're talking about the disinformation governance board, obviously, these days. But this this is pretty Orwellian, honestly. It really is. Josh, Elon Musk. Uh, I, I don't man worship anybody, not Elon, not Trump, not, not anybody. Uh, and there's been a lot of that going around for Elon. He does seem like an interesting guy. Some not so good things in his past. How are we supposed to feel about Elon Musk? It's a great question. So my column this past week, I, I called it questions for Elon Musk. I have a lot of questions. I mean, my approach to Elon Musk right now is basically kind of what Reagan would say, trust but verify. He's saying all the right things, okay? I mean, if you take this guy at his word, and he has quite literally put his money, his exorbitant money, obviously, where his mouth is. So I have no reason to be openly skeptical of him. But I think we're going to know a lot more, assuming that this that this transaction is consummated, by the way. You know, all the T's have not been crossed or the I's have been dotted yet. So assuming it's consummated, we'll learn a lot very quickly. He's got to get in there like a bull in a china shop, Jesse. He's got to start making personnel decisions top on down. He should fire the CEO. He should fire everyone down to the woke human resource officers. The human resource department is one of the first that needs to go. How do, how do we think all these wokesters got him there in the first place? He needs to be talking to Peter Thiel, kind of the right of center tech bro world as far as who, she, who we should be recruiting for. So look, I, obviously the China thing too. I mean, not a whole lot of people are talking about this, honestly. Elon Musk has been friendly with China in the past. I'm not gonna say he's a CCP lackey or anything like that, but he's been friendly. He has spoken at a conference where that was very closely tied to Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party. So that is a real concern that I have. I'm looking to see what right out of the gate I can see for him to kind of distance himself from China on that front. Josh, we have this clip from Barack Obama from April 21st, same old Barack. Now, the good news is, is that almost all the big tech platforms now acknowledge some responsibility for content on their platforms, and they're investing in large teams of people to monitor it. Given the sheer volume of content, this strategy can feel like a game of whack-a-mole. Still, in talking to people at these companies, I believe they are sincere in trying to limit content that engages in hate speech, encourages violence, or poses a threat to public safety. They genuinely are concerned about it. They want to do something about it. But while content moderation can limit the distribution of clearly dangerous content, it doesn't go far enough. One, somebody needs to speed up the pace of Barack Obama's teleprompter because that was painful. <laughs> and two, Josh, we now have a ministry of truth here. Everyone's been complaining about it. This Nina Jenkins nut job. 
what exactly are we expecting out of this? I mean, nothing good, right? By the way, good for you to mention the teleprompter. I was going to make the exact same reference. That was literally painful to listen to. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the heck is going on there. But look, the left for decades and decades, they talk about the idea of hate speech as a purported topic that is too taboo, that should not be had there. Jesse, you and I and every kind of right-thinking American knows exactly what leading Democrats like Barack Obama and Joe Biden have in mind when they're talking about so-called hate speech there. They're talking about anyone who votes for the Republicans. They're literally talking about anyone who is vaguely right of center, who is to the right of David Brooks or George Will or kind of insert your kind of like centrist neoliberal columnist. They're thinking about literally half of the country. This is not heading anywhere good. The big tech platforms for years and years have been trying to de-platform people to, to take away kind of our access to the 21st century town square, would really ought to be, I think, construed as a, as a modern civil right, as access to that town square. But it doesn't stop with big tech. What's happening with the financial institutions now with, with de-banking, it's really, really scary. We obviously saw that with the truckers up in Canada, as far as trying to just freeze their bank accounts. Laura Loomer a few years ago, I think if I recall, she was banned from PayPal or Venmo. You know, what starts with someone like a Laura Loomer and Alex Jones never ends with someone like a Laura Loomer and Alex Jones. They're coming for all of us. And the question is, what do we do about it? So I think folks like you and I who have a platform, who write, who speak for a living, you know, uh, God bless that we have the ability to speak truth to power. We need to use that to call Americans' attention to this freaking ministry of truth and this 33-year-old psychopath. She's out of her mind. So look, Hopefully, we're all on the same page there. We'll see what happens, but it's not going to play well for the Democrats this fall. I'm cautiously optimistic about that. Trevor Noah was at that wretched White House correspondence dinner over the weekend, made a joke about how poor people were suffering, and here's the commander-in-chief. He thought it was hilarious. You know, I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, <laughs> everything. No, it really has been. A tough first year for you, Mr. President. And, and Josh, if I had one word to describe the Biden administration, obviously there are many to choose from. I've decided the most appropriate word is cold. They seem so uncaring about anything. Am I off base? No, of course you're not. I mean, the great irony of this, of course, is if we go back to the 2020 presidential election, the Democrats' entire campaign, I mean, their entire shtick, I mean, what they were campaigning on, to the extent that they were campaigning at all, they are mostly just hiding, obviously, out of Uncle Joe's basement in Wilmington, Delaware. But to the extent that they were campaigning at all, their entire message was, oh, Donald Trump, you know, is this great divider, you know, he's making us all hate each other. Well, who the hell is Joe Biden now? He's literally laughing at Americans who are experiencing inflation. Inflation, obviously, historically speaking, is something that is deeply regressive insofar as kind of working class, lower class, even kind of middle class people tend to feel, by definition, much worse, much worse than the wealthy. So where is old Uncle Joe from Scranton, Pennsylvania, hard scrabble Joe, the Joe Biden, who at least back in the day talked a big game about kind of standing with labor and the labor unions, a slightly more kind of working class populist Joe Biden. That clip we just saw right there, Jesse, I think is a perfect microcosm of where the modern Democratic Party has gone. They are so far removed from kind of a labor kind of working class party that the, that our grandfather's Democratic Party was. At this point, they are a party for, of, and by the elite. And inflation hurts the elite much less than the working man. So it makes sense. Uh, Josh Hammer, thank you, my brother. Anytime, man. All right. We have Kira Davis running for school board joining us next. She wants to talk about parents, school boards, 
stay-at-home moms. That should be fun. All that's coming up in a second before we get to that. Public SQ. Right now, pick up your phone. Go download it. It's on the App Store, Google Play, whatever. Public SQ. What is it? It'll tell you where you should spend your money. Which one of those local businesses stood up for you when it came to COVID violations? Where should you go buy those tires? Who shares your values? Remember, we have to put our money where our morals are if we're going to win this culture war. Public SQ is part of that. Download it today. Public SQ. We'll be back. You've heard me say it many times about our children, but it's true. They're all our children. And the, the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom. That doesn't, that doesn't seem right. They're not all our children, and I'm certainly not sharing them with that creep. Joining me now, my friend Kira Davis, editor-at-large of Red State, and now, more importantly, candidate for school board. Kira, these people don't seem to understand how creepy that comes off to parents. How can they not understand how creepy that comes off? They, well, they don't know parents. They don't, they're not really connected. I think we've learned in the last two years that they're really not plugged into the electorate. I mean, you just look, look at anything. Look at... Um, their advocacy for black people. You know, they, they, they partner with Black Lives Matter and Antifa, and then those organizations come into our communities and burn up our communities and walk away. And they don't hear what black people are saying. Look at what happens every time Kamala gets on some kind of uh, internet uh, engagement thing, you know, she'll have, she'll be on Instagram or show up on some show. And it'll be like a million comments of people going, you're not even listening to us. You're not even giving us what you promised. So they have been this disconnected forever. And I would like to hearken back to my early days as a conservative. I became a conservative partially because I started listening to Rush Limbaugh. And, and I remember when I started listening to him, Hillary had her book out, It Takes a Village. And I remember Rush Limbaugh going, you guys pay attention to this because this is what they think. They think that they own your kids. They think that the community will do a better job of raising your kids than you can. I remember him saying that, that was probably 20 years ago that he said that. So no, they don't think that these are our kids and they don't think it's creepy because they simply don't bother to be connected to the people that they're asking to vote for them there's one okay well let me ask you this then if i'm a politician i have to be somewhat appealing to people because i need people to come vote for me wouldn't i strive to be connected i don't know that that the Democrats do believe that you need to be appealing to people to run. Uh, we have Kamala Harris as the vice president of the United States. She is point. literally the most unappealing po uh, politician I have ever seen in my adult life. And she is one airplane staircase trip away from being the most powerful person in the world. So Jesse, I hate to break it to you, but I think, and this is a silver lining for people like us who value rationale and good sense and are looking forward to maybe a drubbing in the 2022 midterms. It's, it's a silver lining for us that they don't recognize that they're completely out of touch with people. They have insulated themselves so much within their bubbles. Look at that White House Correspondents Dinner the other night. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's just such a disconnect between wear your masks, but by the way, we're going to gather by the thousands to congratulate ourselves for a whole night. They're, they don't care to be appealing. They think that their message alone is appealing because they have had carte blanche to do and say whatever they have wanted for the last 30 to 40 years. Suddenly conservative media is popping up and making them be accountable and they don't know what to do. Speaking of them doing whatever they want and saying whatever they want, the whole LGBTQ Air Force push onto kids has clearly been going on a long time and clearly they felt the right to push this thing. And they, it, I am actually a little bit shocked by how indignant they are about the right to push this thing. Here's the head of the teachers union, Randy Weingarten, in her Beach Boys haircut. We have to let gay kids and gay teachers, frankly, we have to let everyone talk about their lived experience. That's part of how you build relationships. That's part of how you unite people. That's part of how you save a democracy. Kira, uh, again, I know this goes back to the disconnect we were just talking about, but even Democrat parents don't want this stuff pushed onto kids. And I know Democrats read poll numbers. I know they're monsters, but they read poll numbers. They know that, but they're not stopping. Again, it's just this is how it's always been, and it's worked for so long. This is this is the um, the advantage of having like a huge bureaucratic apparatus behind you is like the money and the influence and the power that that wields, right? But the disadvantage is that your bureaucracy becomes so big that you can't um, turn a ship on a dime, and that's where they are. Like the public school bureaucracy and all of the corruption that has led up to this Randy Weingarten moment in in history. It, it's led to this huge, huge entity that now cannot pivot to accommodate the changing times. So when COVID hit and it forced us all into this hard turn, you know, it's suddenly the, they couldn't keep up. So, yeah, they're floundering. Of course, Randy's floundering. Of course, she doesn't understand why parents are leaving public school in droves. She's so used to having a complete monopoly on the whole conversation and what goes on in public school. She literally does not know what to do. Again, this is just more proof that they are completely disconnected. Parents don't, regardless of how they vote, right or left, there is no parent who thinks somebody else is better to raise their child than them than they are. No, that parent does not exist. So Randy Weingarten and her ilk have made a gross miscalculation, and I hope we make them pay for it in 2022. I hope we make them pay for it too, but will we? And I ask it for this reason. You, you just pointed out rightly, parents don't want their kids learning this stuff. They don't think like this. But people oftentimes don't translate that to how they vote. You know, some Democrat parent out there doesn't want their kids learning he can chop his penis off and when he's 10 years old, okay, fine, but are you still gonna go vote for the Democrat who will back that? People don't, the actions don't follow their words lots of times. There's always been a disconnect and this is the reason why we're seeing, uh, you know, the Dems and left-wingers just being so absolutely apoplectic over the possibility of Elon Musk running Twitter because part of how they do that is they, they control the messaging, right? And then you can convince people that, well, yeah, I, I know you don't want to do this, but that's not really what we're doing. We're not really telling you we want to defund the police, even though those are the words we use. What we're really saying is we want, you know, more accountability and more social workers. So, yeah, they're upset that now their messages are, are being called out. But, Jesse, at the end of the day, it's always 
the thing that has remained constant in the voting wars is that you don't really need Democrats on the speaking from the Republican side, you don't really need Democrats to come out and vote. Um, it's just as fine if they want to stay home. And that's probably what will end up happening is a lot of Democrats are not going to be able to stomach the idea of voting for a Republican. And I don't blame them. You know, I get that. But um, what they'll do is they'll just simply stay home. Yeah, I have a hard time voting for Republicans myself sometimes. Kira, you have an article up on Red State called Stay at Home with Your Babies. Now, gosh, that is music to my ears where a woman should be. But no, seriously, what are you talking about, Kira? <laughs> You're going to get me in so much trouble. I'm already in trouble for writing that article. I don't know. I just was, I, it's something that's been on my heart. I was talking to a neighbor of mine, a young neighbor recently, and uh, she's got four kids. She stays at home with them and, and they're all wonderful. She has a great family. And she was saying, you know, I just can't wait to get back to the workforce so I can feel like I'm finally contributing to my family. And it broke my heart. And I told her, you know, that's the, you're the product of now a few generations that have told women that the way that they contribute to society is financially and by being more like a man and doing the things that men do. And in the, and while that's great, great women, I'm in a woman in the workforce. I'm very thankful for the work that my mother's generation did to allow me to have these choices. But at the same time, it's like we've completely abandoned telling women that there is value, not just value, but ultimate value in being the person at home with your babies, raising them. And now that I'm kind of almost on the other end of this thing, I have a 20 year old and a 14 year old, I just feel a burden to be honest with mothers. I don't think enough women are honest with young mothers about what you're missing when you put this off at a young age. That everyone's going to tell you that you can be the, an engineer or a doctor or the most terrible vice president ever to walk the earth. Everyone's like, you're a girl, you can do whatever you want. But no one in a little girl's life ever speaks to her about the fact that she could be a mother who stays at home with her babies and that that could be a thing that she could do and enjoy. And so if you want to go on to the workplace, workforce ladies and, and do that, that's fine. Obviously, I, I have no issue with that. But I do think that you need to be you need to understand and someone needs to be honest about what you miss when you when you leave your children there at a very young age to go out into the workforce. There are things and moments that you will never get back. There are no do-overs, yeah. and it's such a short period of time in their lives. I do believe women are, are made to nurture our babies, and we should stay home and nurture our babies if we can. Here, here, Amen. Kira, give us a quick update on your school board race. Where can people support you before we let you go? Thank you, Jesse. Please go to kiraforschoolboard.org and donate. I need to raise $100,000 by November to defeat these unions. And things are looking really good. Parents are excited. And I've got people like Jesse who are who are just so great in supporting me. Um, this is a revolution. This is how we do it at this level. So get involved. If there's someone in your local area running for school board that you like, go volunteer for them. It's all hands on deck. Kira for schoolboard.org. We win this country back one school board seat at a time. Thank you, Kira. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Former Governor Scott Walker is going to join us next. We're going to talk about college students. He's getting extremely involved in that area now, and that's an important area. Why did we lose them? Can we get them back? Before we get to that, though, let's talk about Eden Pure. 
Let's talk about what I, I show up every single day, and I have emails about Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Jesse, it's the best. Jesse, it took away the puppy smell. Jesse, it took away the musty. These things are amazing. I'm telling you, they're amazing. You don't have to take my word for it. Try it. Just go, go get yourself a three-pack and try it. Put it in your bedroom and watch your allergies disappear. That's what happened to me. Put it close to an area that stinks. Put it in the kitchen. Get the food odors out of there. Put it by the dog bed. Go get a three-pack. It's the greatest thing ever. It's just this little black box. Plugs right into the wall. Hardly know it's there. Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE, and that gets you a three-pack for $200 off. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. For over a year, one of my top priorities as majority leader has been urging President Biden to cancel $50,000 in student debt for each student loan borrower. Right now, as discussions continue within the administration about the future of student debt, I again call on the President to take action, which he can do on his own, and hit the financial reset button for millions and millions of Americans. Cancel debt? Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't know that was possible. You know what, let's talk to former governor of Wisconsin, Scott Walker. He's also the president of Young America's Foundation. Governor, you know a lot more about this stuff than I do. Can you just cancel debt? Is that how that works? <laughs> well, uh, twofold. One, it's questionable legally whether he can do all this. I think, you know, just a magic wand or whatever is out there. But, but secondly, whether he can or can't legally, I think about people all across America, people like myself, like my kids and others out there who took jobs on, who did things to pay off their student loan debt. And they're thinking, wait, all these new graduates are just going to have it wiped away. Or more importantly, I think about people like my brother, David, and my sister-in-law, Maria, who didn't go to college, who are working, uh, you know, good, old-fashioned, hardworking American jobs. And uh, they'd love it if people, you know, somehow would just take away their car loan debt or their rent payments or things like that. But instead, people like them are being asked to pay for the bills uh, of people who, you know, piled up a bunch of student loan debt because tuition keeps going up. And uh, most liberals don't want to do anything about that. Governor, call me a cynic, but this seems like such just an obvious election year ploy to buy votes. Am I wrong? Well, I think there's no doubt about it. They're looking for their Hail Mary. Uh, the bottom line is here, the president's numbers are in the tank, and uh, he and his allies are looking for any possible way uh, to somehow uh, throw, like I said, a Hail Mary to get younger votes to turn out in high values, many of whom are disappointed for all the talk and hype about the work that they're going to do. I think many of those voters are in great disarray uh, with what this president's failed to do. And so this is kind of one of those last attempts We'll see if it works. A couple of years ago in Wisconsin, for example, they put a referendum on the ballot in a number of college towns about making marijuana legal. It turned out the youth vote there, in the end, it had no effect because they weren't mandatory. They were just advisor referendum questions, but it did turn the vote out. But I think not only in my state, but other states across the country, people understand uh, that this president made a lot of promises he really can't deliver on, nor should he if you're a working class American taxpayer. Governor, Young America's Foundation, to their credit, captured this little bit of video from the University of Buffalo, where these little vicious communist monsters ran Allen West off the campus. Black 
Governor, it's it's hard to put into words how vicious that nasty little mob seems and how many times we've seen videos like this from college campus. And I guess maybe I'm naive. I just never grew up thinking about college kids that way. A little naive, maybe, getting stoned out on the lawn or whatever. But you don't think about them being monsters now. But gosh, a lot of them seem to be. Mm. Well, these are just spoiled snowflakes. And that's what we see all across America. You know, uh, free speech is a right given to us by our creator, by God, and it's guaranteed in our U.S. Constitution. It should be protected everywhere. But once upon a time, it wasn't just protected, it was revered on our college campuses. Instead, these days, it's the place where it's the most at risk. It's why Young America's Foundation and partnering with others out there are fighting every step we can, not just at the University of Buffalo, but all across America, because you see these radicals, these radicals, these radicals, these radicals, not just left-wing professors, but increasingly students who are spoiled snowflakes who just don't get it and think they can turn on not only people like Lieutenant Colonel Allen uh, uh, West, but some of the student organizers themselves of the speech of the lecture who gotten all the permits, got all the approval. They were chased all over campus by these radicals, and that's just not right. Is there any way we can undo this damage that's being done on college campuses? How do we reverse this? Because th this is not good for a society. Well, I think people, state leaders like Ron DeSantis and others are stepping up. Certainly, I tried to do it during my time as governor with the people I put on our Board of Regents. But in the past, there's been this hype, this push on academic freedom. That's stopped conservative Republican leaders at the state level from pushing back. I say enough of it is enough. You want fairness, you want diversity. The one thing lacking on most college campuses is diversity of thought. Uh, we should push back and the people like governors and state lawmakers who control major parts of these government-run budgets, the University of Wisconsin, any other state-run institution out there, certainly they get money from tuition and from other sources, but a major portion, oftentimes a quarter or more, comes from the state taxpayers, and therefore those state officials should push back and demand uh, that there is a level playing field when it comes to free speech. Governor, thank you so much. I appreciate you. My pleasure. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. Before we get to that, though, just want to remind you once again, I didn't get in trouble for getting this company kicked off of YouTube. An actual news network that lets you say whatever you want to say. A lot of them act like they do. They're not that way. It is that way here at The First. Go become a First TV supporter. And when you do that, you get access to all of our specials, including my most recent special on Che Guevara, that communist piece of trash. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support and sign up. We'll be back. You know, I came around kind of after the whole gender reveal thing. So that wasn't a thing when we were having kids, but it's, it is a thing now, and you can love it or hate it. Maybe you've already had one. I don't care, but I will tell you, I watched this video over the weekend of a man discovering he was having a girl instead of a boy, 
And I, it, it did occur to me how dangerous this gender reveal thing is because they're going to videotape it. And if your reaction isn't what it should be, well, like this. My brother's reactions to his kids' gender reveals are priceless. It's a girl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with the missus after that. I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.